Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Few Cues with DeAndra Reviews. I'm DeAndra Reviews, and this episode is brought to you by DeAndraReviewsAtAll.com, where entertainment is reviewed for the light it gives. On today's episode, I interview Josh Noble, a lead singer for a Manchester pop rock band called Larkins. He was about to embark on his first headlining tour throughout North America when the coronavirus struck the nation. And this pandemic has changed the world, especially the music world. It was already an unstable place, filled with highs and lows for artists. And the hope is that after the darkness pass, the change will be for the better. I speak to Josh candidly about how isolation has bothered him, it's frustrated him, it's saddened him. Because like a lot of human beings out there right now, he was ready to embark on a new journey, a new opportunity one that he prepared for with money, hard work, vision, and it all got yanked in what felt like a day. Yet, I am about hope and positivity because those are things I seek within myself, within others, and hopefully within this world. And it's positivity that we need now more than ever. So after we vent our frustrations, we talk about what it is that keeps us going. Or rather, he talks about what it is that keeps him going in the music industry, that makes him determined to be an artist at all costs, despite crushing blows like this one. In life, we can't predict what will happen to us, and sometimes we really can't prevent it. Thus, the choice is to decide whether we love something enough to be resilient for it, whether we love what we do or a person so much that we choose to always fight for it, even if it disappoints us, even if it hurts us, even if it's never what we dream. We love it enough and it makes us happy enough to continue. And when you hear Josh talk about music, you'll understand that feeling. Here it is. How is it right now, like, going into quarantine as an artist? It's very strange. I mean, the fact that we can't even get to the studio is obviously really strange. We were due to be in the States right now because we had a four-week tour um, going from, like, Toronto to New York to Austin to LA. So we're supposed to be on that tour at home at the moment. I mean, I've moved to, like, a mini-studio set up into um, my flat, which is okay. But, I mean, it's just, it's really weird because it's, I know it's the same for everyone, but i whole purpose is to try and get out and play and the fact that we can't do that is so weird and it feels very um, intrusive and it just feels really strange but at the same time I'm so aware of, of the power of people staying home and isolating so I totally totally understand yeah I think weird and intrusive is such a good way to put it I got the press release about how this is your debut and I thought to myself that must be such a trippy thing like mentally to be going from such a high to such yeah. a like weird low. The thing was, I mean, we got off the plane in Toronto. We got to the hotel with all of our gear, and I got a call from two of our creatives who were due to fly. I think they were due to land possibly that evening, and it was just so weird because they were like, "We can't come," and we were in like total denial as a band because I mean, we'd been to America before. We played South by. At the same time, it was like. This was our big tour of the States, and it was the first time that we were really going to make a statement in America, and it was for it to be cut short by three weeks, and we only spent two days there. One show was just totally devastating for us as a band and as a team, because, I mean, we'd flown our team out there, and that was a big deal for them as well, so it was just devastating, but at the same time, there was just nothing we could do. It was out of our hands, I guess. I thought to myself, like so many artists, it's such an unstable life, and then you put it yeah. in a pandemic. So it's really hard because in one way you're mourning you and you're mourning the world. 
Totally. I think you have to be you have to be very conscious and try not to be naive about it because as it happens, everyone's very selfish. They have this eternal selfishness where you think, well, why now? Why when when we were due to tour the states, it was our big chance? You know, it's, it's a lot of money. You save up a long time to do those things. And, um, you know, it's a big risk to go and do it in the first place. You think, why me? That's always the question that everyone asks. But, I mean, we um, we live in Manchester. We live on the top floor of, um, like, an apartment building. And we you can see the um, road at the bottom, which is, like, a small in the back of the northern quarter of Manchester. And last night we saw an ambulance go past um, who was still, like, battling the homelessness crisis here, even during the pandemic. And, like, there's nothing more humbling than seeing the people like that still working and still grafting while you're moaning about not being able to play a show. So, I mean, it kind of last night all brought into context for us a little bit, I think. Do you work best in isolation? Because some artists really do, like, they have to kind of shut the blinders down and quiet the world just to write a song. Not really. I have crazy OCD, so I like to control all of being involved. Um, but at the same time, I think it's always worked best, and I've always known that it works best when you can bounce off people. I mean, I can I can send him stuff, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. You always know through someone's face what they're thinking or, or how they react, and it's just it's just not quite the same, you know. And I think music is inherently about human connection. Yeah, that's really, yeah, very deep. But yes, I would agree. So it's hard to do your job about connecting to humans when you can't. Yeah, it's weird as well. I mean, we have we have a song called Make You Better. I've always found that when we play shows, I just urge to go into the crowd because, I mean, it's an acapella song, but I just go straight in and try and find the middle point of the crowd, no matter how big it is. I've been questioning, like, is that going to be okay after this? And that's mm. quite a weird thought to be questioning whether that's going to be okay. How I do concert photography and reviews, and I thought to myself, like, they're talking about resurgence or just money. Like, are people even going to be able to afford to go after this? Yeah, that's so true. I'd like to think there's going to be this huge resurgence. I mean, we have a tour, our big tour booked in April, which is a tour of the UK, which is going to obviously move. But it's just such a, everything feels so fragile. It feels like I have to uh, be very careful about how we we approach things. Because, I mean, from a business point of view, a band, you know, has to make money to survive. But at the same time, it's, it feels like everything suddenly changed. The game has suddenly changed in the matter of a week. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're going to have to find new ways to do things. And maybe that's a good thing, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's new. It was like within days. It's like everybody, yeah. be out, go to your houses and never look back. It literally felt like we got on the plane. It was one world in the U.S., we got off the plane, you know, eight hours later in Manchester, and we were like, it was the new world. It was very, very, very strange. For the sake of hope, I totally agree with you. I think there'll be a resurgence, but I don't know if it will be when I want it. Yeah. And this seems like it might take a few months. It is. I think the only silver lining from it is you're really starting to see what people crave and what people desire and what people need in, in these days of isolation. And I think the overriding thing for me as a musician is reaching out to fans as we try and do. I mean, Larkins has always been like that, especially through social media. But the massive overriding thing is music. People just need music. Like, whatever time, whatever point of the day, in isolation, people need sound. And I think that's the only thing where you think, okay, I'm, I'm of use. Rather than it being entertainment, it feels like you're suddenly providing a service, which in some ways is actually quite a nice thing. Well, I think that's a beautiful way to put it, because it makes yeah. it very virtuous. Yeah, exactly, yeah. What are the virtues you find 
right now that music definitely needs to be giving people? I think it's a relief. I think a lot of the time, I think the fact that they're suddenly seeing artists for who they are, and suddenly everyone's been brought back down to this level where everyone has to humanise, and it feels like there's a real strong humanity between people. So I think I think there's definitely a virtue in the fact that everyone's favourite artist is kind of in the same boat as them. It doesn't matter rich, poor, you know, level, anything. It's it's all been flatlined, which is quite nice. I quite like the fact that I can now look on Instagram and, and everyone's in the exact same boat and is coming together over that. To do with music, I think the fact that we can just pick up a guitar and kind of create a sound that, that is coming through a phone to people is still, like, mad. I mean, we went on Instagram Live tonight and, you know, 200 people from across the world just joined within about 10 seconds, which is just crazy. I mean, if that's not community, I don't know what is. That's actually really lovely, because I didn't see it like that. In some ways, we're all realizing we're all human. It's definitely flatlined. It's, it's quite a nice thing. Maybe it will inspire a song. Maybe. I mean, it feels like, it feels like the only thing I want to do is like, write, like, jokey lyrics. I feel like I'm finding <laughs> it so hard to be serious about it. What are the series that inspire you that you think you can transfer into song? I don't know. I think, I think it was like TV Dream was a weird one because TV Dream was finished before I'd written the middle eight, um, <laughs> which is like the bit after the second chorus. And I remember writing this song to my grandparents. My grandfather was dying at the time. He was really ill. And they were talking all about how they'd met and this romance that seemed really beautiful and the idea that you could used to go out dancing. And it was it was kind of like a Disney film. It was so um, it was so idealistic. And it was beautiful. It was really nice. And I finished this song and it felt like a pop song and it felt really happy. And I thought, I'm not saying anything. Like all my favourite pop songs ever, whether it was the Beatles, they still said something. And then we were watching the news that day and there was so much in Manchester about rape culture and the way that girls especially were being treated on the way home from clubs. And this idea that why'd she have to dress like that? She was asking for it. And it was like, it was ridiculous. It was sickening. So I felt like, I felt like it was a bit of a duty to, if you're going to write a pop song, at least try and say something in it. So it was kind of like, I just, I went back to our label and we're like, I've got this other bit and I think we should include it. And I remember like battling people like, don't worry, it's still going to be okay on the radio. And I just remember being just so proud of that song that it came out and did so well. It felt like a real statement from the band to say, you know, we can write pop songs and that's what we want to do, but we want to say something. You mentioned love and your grandparents. What is one thing that music has taught you about in terms of how you love? That's so deep. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess language is a massive thing. You start to realise how powerful language can be and how things can be taken in contact. It's such a deep question. I think, yeah, it's, it's especially language, the way that things are said and the way that things are meant. I think a lot of time in songs people say things that aren't done with intent and aren't sometimes things aren't delivered quite right sometimes lines are written and when you don't deliver it quite right it's it's really potent you gotta replicate that in real life if you don't say things with intent or meaning it really reflects i think that's probably the most potent thing for me so you would say that in a way music has made you more honest and even romantic towards part yeah i would say so probably when you look at back at your ep how do you feel it capsulates where you were at the moment I think there's a song that the EP opens with Hit and Run, which always feels to me like, because that's a much older song, it's one of the first songs we ever wrote as a band. It feels like we've started to approach our music, um, not as the band we were then, but as the band we are now, which I really like. I think Make You Better was definitely a sign for me to go, I can write these songs and I can be honest, uh, and I'm okay with that. 
I think Flood was kind of allowing us to allowing us to be bold in production, but also allowing us to try and be the band that we'd always wanted to be. And then Pieces was kind of just for me as a writer was allowing allowing the band to show off what they can do. I think sometimes as a frontman and as a writer, like I bring songs to the band, and that can be it's a good and a bad process. But I think sometimes it can be a bit uh, it can be a bit intrusive for the lads, and I think that that song definitely allowed us to be a band again, allowed us all to play and. And yeah, so as the EP, I think, as the first collection of songs, we just wanted to make a statement of, one, what we could do, or the potential. We're so aware that as musicians and writers, we're not at the point that we're happy with, because if we were, we would probably stop. But I think we just wanted to make sure that people knew what we were capable of. Going along with pieces and make you better, like, is there a piece of you that you feel ultimately music has made better? I think music's always allowed, I would tell you, I would speak for the band on this, it's always allowed us to be the people that we always wanted to be. I think we we grew up in a very small town that was very secluded outside of Manchester, and we were never judged on our character. Music always allowed us to elevate that. A lot of people will say this about having alter egos, but music allowed us to be like an emphasised version of ourselves. And I think there was no boundaries, there was no limits to it. You could kind of break away from everything you ever thought was cool and do exactly what um, Yard told you to do. So I think I think music's just allowed us to kind of express ourselves, like most people will say. But I think for us, especially especially being four young boys at the time that we grew up in the 90s, it was definitely a kind of break away from that and do exactly what we wanted to do. We spend, I'm so like, every minute of every waking day is, is with this band and writing for this band and music. I just cannot imagine ever doing anything else. So, I mean, it's just all encompassing. Like, it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs>